Welcome to the Law of Startups Podcast. I'm Mike Schneider. And I'm Joe Wallen. Thank you for being with us today. Today, we are lucky to have on our show Adam Tratt. He is the founder and CEO of Haiku Deck. Uh, Adam, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. It's good to be here. Yeah. So tell me what, uh, tell me, Haiku Deck. Haiku Deck's a, uh, a cool thing. Tell me what the latest thing with Haiku Deck is. And maybe for the audience as a whole, maybe there are some people on the, uh, on the audience who haven't used it yet. So I hope just, not, Joe. <laughs> everyone should immediately go to HaikuDeck.com and start making a slide deck. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, so HaikuDeck is for creating flawlessly beautiful presentations um, quickly and easily. There's about half a billion people in the world that use presentations, most of, that create presentations. Most of them use PowerPoint or some PowerPoint clone to do it. And <clears throat> what we realized um, early on was that most people are not designers, and though you can do whatever you want uh, with your presentation in the traditional tools, if you don't have design chops, it's really hard to make something that looks great. And so in, in the context of, initially in the context of iPads, we were asking ourselves, why isn't there a way to, to um, why, can't, why can't we do in PowerPoint uh, what Instagram uh, allows us to do with our photos that you know was previously only accessible through Photoshop, and we thought if we can if we can make it really brain dead simple to do some very simple things, we could deliver this really high high value to the user for very little uh, for providing very little input. If that makes right. sense. Yeah. So anyway, we started off as an iPad only app, and now we have a web app and an iPhone app, and um, we have about Four and a half million downloads on iOS, and uh, almost two million registered users um, across a pretty wide range of of industries, including uh, lots of folks in law are using it. Um, in addition to folks who do startups and use it for pitching, we have lawyers who are using it at trial. We have teachers who are using it in class. Lots of students are using it um, as well, and uh, and small businesses um, are using it to to create presentation materials that make them look like they had a, an expensive designer work with them. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I, uh, what I, I think about it in terms of, um, I, I, uh, I kind of fit it into the broader category of, uh, tools to help, help you make, make you look good basically. All right. What else is in that category? <laughs> well, there's lots of things, right? Um, but uh, so, t- tell us about like Mike's a Mike's a, also an iPhone app developer, and he's built a bunch of things. Mike, have you worked in the iPad Pro or anything on the iPad Pro yet? Or uh, what? How do you, what do you think about the iPad Pro at this point? Yeah, I've got an iPad Pro. iPad Pro is great. Uh, I haven't built anything specific for it. Um, I still know that a lot of people are like, with, in, unless your app, I guess Haiku Deck would be a good option for that because it's kind of a professional device and it seems to be a targeted toward work. But it seems like most of the apps that have targeted. The iPad Pro are things like art, art apps, uh, you know, creative apps, um, things where that can really utilize the pencil. Apple has a, a stylus that they came up with that's kind of like a next generation stylus. It has some pretty good technology in there to, to detect. Uh, it detects uh, well, the screen detects the pressure, and then the stylus detects rotation and tilt, and and it's it's pretty accurate. They've also done some things with the screen to make it. Um, capture input at a much faster rate so you can get up it feels a lot more like you're writing right on the screen because there's less okay. lag um yeah so it's a really cool device i love it um uh it seems like haiku deck would be a great choice for that yeah, have we, you guys done much to, to yeah we did the bigger screen 
we've we've been yes we have uh, just released our second iPad Pro optimized build of Haiku Deck, which is available for free download today in the iTunes Store, and um, you know for us it was more about multitasking. So yes, there's all of these um, you know cool accessories like a keyboard and a and a pen that you can buy for the iPad Pro, but for us. The, the killer feature that takes the iPad from a very consumery device to a productivity tool is, is multitasking. The ability to have two apps open at once and, and to be able to go back and forth. So for us, uh, the most common use case is you're working on a presentation, you want to have a web browser open, and you want to be either copying um, and pasting from a web page into your presentation or you want to be just referring to other things um, as you author. And so that is something that, uh, that we're really excited about. And I'm, we're obviously very eager for iPad Pro to catch on as a productivity tool. Um, but that said, you know, we, we also have a web-based version of the app that lets anybody create presentations on a desktop machine as well. Have you seen much love from Apple? I don't know how long the iPad Pro optimizations have been finished, but I mean, are you getting any? It, obviously, that's a, a real small number of apps gets featured by Apple. But but one of the things that developers do to try to get featured by Apple is you know adopt all the latest stuff, and and um, yeah. Apple has a way of noticing when you're when you're adopting their yeah. latest APIs. Have you seen any kind of attention from them? Do they? Um, not recently. I mean, one of the challenges is that iPad Pro made its debut over the holidays and. Um, iTunes goes into this mode over the holidays where they really, I think, I don't know what the exact date is, but at some point um, after Thanksgiving, they really are focused entirely on games. Mm. And just, all of that's the, just what drives sales, and it's that, it's that season. Right. Yeah, it's not and a I, productivity season. It's more exactly, it, exactly. And so um, we're always working with Apple to to try and get more um, more better placement in the store, but. Um, but we have not, and I think I think that might have something to do with the fact that we don't support the pen, um, and and all of the iPad Pro apps that uh, that I've seen featured in the context of the iPad Pro launch around productivity. All of them have been pen related, as you point out, like art art things. Right, right. They want to feature that stuff. It's um, it's weird though. Like that, you're right. They don't seem to be focusing on like the 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 multitasking thing as as strongly. But I guess. Uh, it still requires work on uh, like so if, if an app hasn't been designed to, to handle multi uh, tasking, it, it sort of doesn't work. And so it seems like they should probably start giving some love to folks that do that, or they're just not going to, the feature doesn't work if app developers don't utilize it. Yeah. Um, yeah. How, how have you, like, I'm curious. So, so what's your, what's your business model look like? You guys said it's a free app in the app store. Do people pay for themes or do people pay for uh, upgraded functionality? Like how, how did you, how did you design that and why? So when we started out, we had in-app purchasing of themes and premium Im- images, and uh, and the, that business model was pretty much dead on arrival for us. Um, and so we, over the last summer, we we shift to a subscription model. So so uh, now about ninety five percent of the functionality of the app is is free, and about five percent of the functionality is behind a paywall. And so we ask users to subscribe either monthly or yearly in order to get features uh, that allow them to export 
content into other file formats like PDF or PPT. Um, and that allows them to view presentations offline when they uh, don't have a device. Uh, it allows them to print um, things like that. Uh, also behind the paywall is privacy. So basically our, our free product is called Haiku Deck Public. You can create and share as many decks as you want, but if you, uh, if, if you don't want that content visible in search engines, then um, you, have to, you have to subscribe in order to be able to, yeah, to uh, set the privacy. It's kind of like a GitHub. GitHub model does that. If you want exactly. Private, if you want privacy, you've got to pay for your own private uh, spot. That's right. Um, yeah, that's interesting. I, I could probably – I'm going to try really hard not to steer the conversation into the weeds on this because the subscription model and exactly what you're doing is so interesting to me. I, I have an app business where I do um, – we do meditation and mindfulness apps and, and I think kind of been through a lot of the same stuff that you did but um, maybe a little bit behind in terms of adopting the subscription model. So we, we started out with individual apps that were charged for and had some free versions. Then we moved to uh, – uh, all in-app purchase type model where people could buy additional tracks and now are just finding that that business is not growing at all. And in fact, it's kind of declining because of the app, the way the app store is, you know, more of the sales are, are being driven toward like games and, and freemium, mm -hmm. freemium products, uh, all, all the kind of, you know, top, top 10 games sucking up all the, the air in the store. And so we're trying to, we're literally in the process now of transitioning to a subscription model with a, a full platform for streaming and, um, and tons of challenges around that. But we're really optimistic about it because we think it's sort of the, the, um, you know, the, the next business model that might work on the app store. I'm curious to know how it's been working for you guys. Yeah. I mean, to me, it's like, it's not about the app store for us. The app store represents maybe 10% of our business. The vast majority of our customers are on the web. Um, and part of the reason that we wanted to have, our technology live uh, outside of just the iTunes ecosystem is because there's only so much real estate in that iTunes store for getting noticed. And, and you can't, it's impossible for anybody to build a business um, if you are beholden to the, the sort of b black box of, of um, feature love <laughs> that comes from yeah, Apple. So, so we want to move times. If your right. business model is that you're going to put the app out and then wait for Apple to feature you, it's like a that's a pretty terrible business model. Yeah, it's right. Just, it's not. It's not a good. Even plan. if they love you, and even if they do feature you, it's still like you know you're. Yeah. It does. And so as for the subscription thing, I mean, the, the our product is based in the cloud. Our whole cost structure is subscription based in the sense that we have to we have ongoing costs to keep the lights on, keep the servers humming, provide customer support. Um, and so, you know, the, the, the cost of providing software as a service is, is uh, it requires subscription. Yeah, it's subscription. ongoing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, it's true. And uh, I think it took a while for some, some folks, particularly because the App Store was such a huge success early on, to kind of realize that at least it did for me did you guys start you guys started out as an app and then eventually moved to the web or was it did you launch on both at the same time we started out as an app and then eventually moved to the web how long did it take you to figure out that the web was an important piece and uh and kind of what helped what helped drive that decision it was what i just said um <laughs> with the sort of realization that that um the distribution of apps in the app store is too constrained for us to build a thriving business, uh, you know, just on iOS. 
um, it just it, like that was the number one, the number yeah. one thing. It seems like you guys have made the the right move. I'm I'm uh, I'm uh, looking to follow in those footsteps. So that's that's great stuff. I, I could probably talk your ear off about subscriptions and how they work, and, and particularly on an app and a uh, web app. But I'll probably uh, I'll I'll defer to Joe on this. Maybe we can talk about some more general, mm-hmm. you know, non non dev centric stuff. Well. You know, I uh, so Adam. Let's say you've got a really crappy, or no, say you've got a what you think substantively is a nice PowerPoint deck, but you know it doesn't have the the sort of the the sort of like flavor of the Haiku deck um, slides. Which we've got, and there's a great gallery at Haiku Deck dot com that you can just kind of kind of marvel at, just because there's just nice looking stuff. So there's a way to take my old PowerPoint decks, right, and and translate them and like put them into. How does that work? Well. I mean, there's a, there's a few questions wrapped up in what you just asked, so let me let yep. me unpack it a little bit. So our approach in general is we wanted to productize the best practices that presentation the best practices of presentation experts around the world, and there's really just a few. Um, if you if you read all the literature and you kind of parse what everyone is saying, it boils down to four or five things. Right, one is focus on a single idea at a time. Don't try to pack all of your words into every slide. Um, really try to crystallize your message. That's the first thing. Second thing is use a powerful image to reinforce that idea. Don't use 10 images. Use one and make sure that it's, it's really impactful. Um, you know, the, the, there's a cliche. A picture tells a thousand words or says a thousand words. That's uh, super relevant in the world of presenting. Um, you want to make sure you pick your images carefully. Third thing is use consistent formatting. Um, so don't uh, don't have fonts that are mismatched. Don't have colors that are mismatched, which is easy to say but uh, hard to execute for anybody that didn't minor in art at col- in college or have natural artistic talents. Um, and then the last thing is if you're going to use a chart, uh, for the love of God, make it simple. Um, so the more complicated your chart is, the less likely it is your, your reader or member of the audience is going to understand what you're trying to say. So we productized those things, and, and that's what we try to deliver with Haiku Deck. We make it really easy for someone to just deliver on those, those basic um, best practices. Uh, what you give up along the way is a little bit of the control and flexibility that, that you might be used to when you um, use a more traditional tool. So the bad news is uh, the bad news and the good news is when you use Haiku Deck, you won't find tons of menus with nested menus with buttons and control boxes that allow you to make the font the exact size or the exact um, position that you want. We just simplified everything. Um, so that was our starting point. Now after after working with millions of customers across tens of millions of slides, what we realized is. We, we had a pretty good sense after a while of what images match with what ideas. So there's 40 million Creative Commons licensed photos that are out there on the internet. They're free to use as long as you um, provide attribution to the, to the photographer. And, and one of the core pieces of value in our technology is we, we not only um, surface those beautiful images, but we pull them in and pull in the license information so that you're always in compliance with that, with that, um, with that Creative Commons license. Yeah, I love that. I love that feature. That's probably the when I used Haiku Deck, the biggest thing I noticed was that just for me, when I'm making a a presentation, 
there's like there's the ideas that go on the slide and then there's all this hunting around to try to figure out what picture and find something on the web and having that stuff surfaced for you just streamlines the whole process um yeah i, th- I thought that was a, a really great feature oh cool um, I also glad you like how, it how simple it is i think you guys are are i'm not gonna say say lucky but you guys saw the right opportunity in a sense that that powerpoint is so old and so full of features that Microsoft can't remove without pissing everybody off that they're just kind of stuck with their legacy cruft. Um, and so you could kind of come in with fresh eyes and nobody's going to be upset that you removed the thing that's deep down in one of the menus because it was never there to begin with. And it gives you a chance to kind of like revisit the problem with fresh eyes. Um, it seems like a, a great opportunity and it looks like you guys nailed it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we, like that's definitely what people love about about the app right now. Now, one of the interesting things that we've been working on is is you know after making ten million tens of millions of slides for our users, we have a really good sense of what images match with what ideas. And so now we're building this thing called Zuru, and Zuru it's a it's in beta right now. It's a feature of our of our pro offering. But what Zuru allows you to do is it allows you to take a PowerPoint that already exists, and we can ingest that PowerPoint, and we can analyze each slide looking for the key idea, and then we can match that key idea with images that our users have chosen in the past for slides that have a similar idea. And so using artificial intelligence, we can we can analyze a slide, we can find you the right image, we can then use computer vision to lay out the slide and, and then export the deck. So it basically round trips your PowerPoint. We pull in an ugly PowerPoint and we spit out a much more beautiful PowerPoint. And this, gets, this gets back to the, what I was saying earlier. You just make people look better. This is a tool to make people look better. Right. That's right. Yeah, what a cool thing. That's a really cool thing. So, I mean, the, um, that must be a pretty like a sophisticated and difficult thing to build this concept of like matching images to ideas. I mean, that's gotta be hard to build. Yeah. What are, yeah. You, what are you using for that? For, I mean, you you're, it's so weird that you're, you're touching on all of anybody that's sort of listened to the podcast all the way, all the way through all the sessions knows sort of what, what I like to talk about, but uh, it's, you, you, you've touched on subscriptions, you've touched on app store stuff and now machine learning, which is also like a big kind of interest of mine. Uh, at least at the moment. So did you guys use like a convolutional neural network to do that or are you using, you know, not, not to get in, if the secret sauce is the secret, you know, obviously don't go into it, but I, I'm totally curious about how you approach the problem of, of making the predictions that you do. You know, I think you should probably invite my CTO on the show to discuss it in detail with you, but it's, that's, that question is way above my pay grade as that's the nice. non-technical member of the team. Um, super interesting. It's like a black yeah. – it, a lot of times it's like a black box kind of technology. You throw a bunch of – if you have access to data, which you guys do, right. and, and you can identify a problem you want to solve, then it's just a matter of finding the right, you know, the right algorithm and, and, uh, and throwing all the data at it and then you know, massaging it until it comes out right. It's, it's pretty amazing stuff. And then it's like a black box. You, you feed all the data into it, and then somehow it says this is what we think the person's most likely to want to see. Um, it's, it's really amazing technology and, and, uh, kudos to you guys for, for finding a way to incorporate that stuff into your business because it's, it adds a lot of value and it also, it sort of differentiates you as, so that you're not just, um, makes it harder for people to copy what you're doing and it makes you, um, you know, just a lot more cutting edge in terms of the technology you're using. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it sounds like a great move. Thanks. Yeah, I can, I mean, what's, I think what's cool about it is, uh, or, uh, interesting about it to me is there are so many different instances too, where this sort of. 
um, assistance, the sort of artificial intelligence assistance is needed by people, right? And, and it's not just with respect to slide decks, right? It's with, with respect to all sorts of other things too. Um, and so anyway, I mean, that's probably something you've spent some time thinking about. Yeah. <laughs> we spent a lot of time thinking about it. Yeah. Because yeah. Um, I can think of things like, well, geez, like uh, people, uh, you know, today people post their you know, little uh, thumbnail profile photos on LinkedIn. And I mean, there's a bunch of thinking, pretty sophisticated thinking that goes into what's a good picture to post on a place like LinkedIn. A lot of people need help. And a lot of people would probably pay to use a tool to pick the best one mm-hmm. out of a gallery rather than try to figure it out themselves when, they know, when they're time constrained or, you know, it's not their forte, right? Exactly. It's probably a gazillion exactly. examples. It's probably a gazillion examples of like, hey, I really need an artificial intelligent assistant to help me with a lot of things. Yeah, and I think the challenge is that artificial intelligence in general is not quite there yet. Right. So it's not something that you would trust with a decision that you wouldn't uh, rather throw to you know a, a human being. Okay. <laughs> for something like, hey, is this the right profile picture? Right. You know, I think for me personally, I would much rather, you know, if I'm not going to ask the person sitting next to me, I would rather crowdsource it than ask a computer. Um, I just, I don't know, I don't trust the machine. But in this case, I think what, what's, what's cool is, you know, you can, you can, you can start to, um, uh, you know, benefit from the intersection of, of user input and crowdsourcing, you know, machine learning to to fuel uh, to fuel the the artificial intelligence that can at least give you a boost, right? At least help you along the way. Mm-hmm. And you know, you might not like the pictures we choose for you for every slide, but you know, if we can get you eighty percent of the way done with your deck in one tenth the amount of time, then you're gonna be a pretty happy ca- customer. For sure. And uh, and so, you know, we put a lot of thought into. Into how can we how can we leverage the assets that we have and and the the primary one being all of the data around um, the presentations others in our community are creating. You know, it, I, you know, it's, it's interesting because when you look at productivity in general, the the category is about twenty five years old. PowerPoint's been around for twenty two years, and and as Mike pointed out, like there there's a they have a real uh, liability in that they they've got so many features that uh, they can't really. It's hard to strip them out without uh, without confusing users and angering their community. Um, the way we uh, are attacking the problem is, yes, there's a tool that's involved, right? And part of the value we bring to the table is HaikuDeck, the software. But there's also this community of people that's building this database of slides in the cloud and, and, and helping the members of our community leverage the content that everyone else is creating is really that's a that's a, a valuable component of our business model that that traditional presentation tools really don't have. If you think about it, you know, PowerPoint was designed in the age of desktop computing, right? It lives in a silo. It lives on an individual machine. If you work at a big company, a law firm, or whatever, you know, it's pretty hard to find out where the slides are that someone else created, right? And we think we can remove a lot of friction from the authoring process, not only by having a tool that makes it easier, but also by having a community of people contributing content and making it easy to, you know, remix that content, which is kind of, that's kind of the, the vision we have for productivity in general is you should be able, shouldn't always be starting from scratch. You should be able to find content that's already out there and, and remix it. Right. It reminds me a little bit of the, of the machines that now write 
the right right journalism. And I was we had uh, we had we had Todd and uh, Todd Bishop and John Cook on the show uh, a while back, and uh, I asked them if they were using any any machine stories, and they didn't appreciate the question. Um, but I mean, I, I think I think though that I mean, that apparently there's a sizable portion of the news now that's just written by machines. I think it's all the well, I mean, not all of it, but I think certain sites. I mean, we've talked about it a little bit in the past. All the data-driven stories, like you know, last night there was a game between these two teams, and you know, like there there for certain types of stories where they're just kind of you know reporting on what happened. I think they've got they've got some nice tools that exist to kind of generate those stories automatically because they're not a lot of there's not a lot of editorializing happening. Right. Um, yeah. So like if it's just you know yesterday the stock market was up this percent led by these stocks and and uh, you know. It, that kind of stuff is just easy for a computer to crank out. Um, you can imagine that probably like saves a person like an hour a day, maybe more. I don't know. Right. I, well, I I, I was uh, I don't know if either of you guys uh, play fantasy football. Do you, do you do you play? Do you guys play? I don't know. <laughs> but what's I, kind of amazing about I it? Play it's, fan, I play fantasy chess myself. Oh, fantasy chess? Really? Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I play Destiny. That's like, that's the game that I. That's my game. Uh, well, I mean, I don't know. You can find me on chess.com if you want to like beat someone in chess. I'm available for, you know, getting <laughs> It's not a game I'm very good at, but I seem to want to play and lose. But um I don't I don't know. I think I I, I love I love this and I I one of my things I'm always telling myself is I need to I just need to use it more. I need to use it more. I'm a pro user and I need to use it more. So, it's on my it's on my list Adam of things that to start doing. I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about um, I'm excited about what you're building. Really excited about what you're building. And I think I don't know. Again, I think it fits into the larger scheme of this this idea of like, hey, you know, machines are going to help us um, just do better, do better things, do more things, look better in doing them. And uh, it's going to I think all that is going to fold into something pretty powerful as as we move forward, like the next ten years or something, fifteen years in technology. Yeah, that's uh, well. I hope you're right. Because we're making big bets on it. That's great. Well, thanks for coming on. It was great to hear about what you're working on. But hope you have you back on sometime and hear more about you know how things evolve. But um, yeah, thanks for thanks for sharing with us. Thanks for coming on. And, hey, uh, it's yeah. my pl- it's my pleasure. And um, you know, for anybody out there in podcast land that uh, wants to give Haiku Deck a try, it's it's free. It's available uh, at www.haikudeck.com. H a i k u d e c k. And, uh, and we have a web promo. So if you sign up for a yearly subscription uh, this month and use the, uh, the promo code um, LSN, like Nancy, 15, uh, you can get a 15% uh, discount on the yearly subscription. So, yeah. Um, and the and galleries, is- the galleries amazing. I, I mean, just, just scrolling through the galleries is a fun, actually a nice, it's a fun thing to do, actually. Yeah, you- it's a good way to get inspired. Yeah, no, it is actually. There's lots of gr- just really, really nice, really nice looking, um, interesting pieces of work people put together. Uh, I'm glad you think so. Thank you. Great. Well, thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll see you next week.